0: Welcome to Course Stories, produced by the Instructional Design and New Media Team of EdPlus at Arizona State University. In this podcast, we tell an array of course design stories alongside other ASU Online designers and faculty.
1: On today's course story... One thing when I'm an instructor is I start to post in my announcements. I think I have a, a banner and the announcements that I use when I when I teach the course. It's just a ton of students with Sparky in their cap and gown, right? It's almost subliminal, but like just that reminder of this is what you're here to do, and we will help you achieve this goal in any way. Online students don't necessarily have that, so I want to make sure that we build that excitement around that end goal, and that's just also what we're trying to do in the course, right? We're trying to support them through that first session to ensure that they know how to get to graduation and all of the things in between.
0: Hi, I'm Mary Loder, an instructional designer from
2: ASU Online. I'm Ricardo Leone. I'm a media specialist at the same place. Yeah, we work together. Let's get on with the show. Okay. Hey, guys. How's it going?
0: Good. It's great. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did talk a little bit about visioning in this episode. We should start visioning for season five. It's coming soon.
3: Honestly, I'm already on it. I've got ideas. Oh my We've gosh, got people! Yeah, <laughs> you did not know that when you uh, invited a type A person who's thinking weeks, months. Gosh, I'm thinking years ahead. I Heck got yeah. ideas. I got ideas.
2: Well, I'm thinking today. So, uh, what are we doing today? What's what's uh, what's on the agenda today? What are we listening to?
0: Well, we were joined by Maria Balderas and Maddie Christus, and they are two um, amazing people on the Learning Initiatives team, right? That's the team that they're on? Yeah, actually, I think they
3: just kind of got moved under that. they were with other people before. I
0: don't know. It's sure kind of confusing thing. sometimes, but they're definitely with us. Like there are people.
3: They are our people and they're gems. And I love that there are oh, people. they're so
0: wonderful.
2: And they're here to talk about ASU 101. Can Can you guys give me like a a very basic general for anybody who's listening out there who doesn't know anything about ASU one uh, ASU at all? And uh, maybe doesn't even know really all that much about online education.
3: I was going to say if, if that's you, if you don't know anything about ASU and you don't know anything about online education, especially at ASU, then ASU 101 is for you. Like, oh, that's great. It is a uh, kind of an orientation course, uh, a little bit of like a, a, a new student workshop course in some ways. Um, so it's not just people talking at you, but it's a place for students to. Um, engage with the online learning environment in a very safe space where you can make mistakes and goof up without having it negatively impact you in your first big three credit course your Mm -hmm. English your math the scary ones so it's a great place to just get comfortable get familiar get connected and learn about ASU the history of ASU what are your resources who do you go to um, you know who do you call when you're in trouble Mm
2: -hmm, Um, because as uh on-campus students get an orientation course, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Somebody who took it, I'm not going to say when, but somebody who did the in-person immersion uh, ASU orientation, yeah, it was kind of similar where, like, they would walk you around campus and be like, here's the library and here's the MU. Um, And here's how you get connected with your services and use some of these things. Um, So it's like that, but for the online environment.
0: Which is different because when you're in a classroom, it's easy. Like communication's pretty easy. Yeah. Grassroots, you need to know something. You can walk someplace and find out. You can't do that as an online student. This is a really important class for students to get oriented and know where the things are.
2: Right, because even in person, you can say, hey, you who... I think yeah, it's my class walking right? By. Yeah, yeah, can you can you show me this or that and you just you can't do that in an online space. No, it's you're just so
3: kind of scarier. on an island, right? It's, yeah. It's so much scarier and so much harder to try to do it online. Um, because like when you're at home at your computer, you feel so isolated. Totally. And you feel so alone. You don't get the, you know, we talk about the campus vibes. Um you don't get the campus vibes and there's like no crowd to follow to go see when there's free pizza at the MU. <laughs>
0: um so you, true where do you get the free food from mm-hmm. yeah
2: what's the mu oh,
0: yeah. oh my gosh there's so much lingo that students just
3: like don't know um, right. and it's scarier when you're online and you're like i don't understand how to use this like really confusing website or i'm so new to canvas and what are all these like plugins that i'm being directed to in canvas right. And it's scarier when it's like, man, I'm on my financial aid. I'm using my scholarship and I got to pass this course. And the first time you're encountering like that technology is in like your four credit course where you've got something due tonight and you've never seen this before. And you were super busy this week because you're working full time and you've got a family and now you're freaking out. ASU 101 is that answer. You get to explore and play with Canvas, Yellowdig, Inscribe, Google Docs, Google Suite, Google everything. There's so many different tools that they integrate into this course, just so that you can kind of like taste test so many different things. I can't even think of them all. <laughs> Although I think like Maddie and Maria talk about it quite a bit, so they might have a get your pen and paper out and see if you can like a, your your bingo card for technology, oh, there you go. technology bingo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we'll check in a little bit throughout the episode and 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 unpack some of those uh, software tools.
3: Check off our bingo cards. Check off
2: the bingo card. You ready? Yeah. Let's do it.
0: So we are here today because we have the opportunity to interview two very important people at um, EdPlus who help support a course that supports almost every single student at ASU, I think. I think we'll get into that. But we're also joined by Liz Lee. Hello. Who is one of the instructional designers that supports this course, too. Liz, you do so many things. I I do a lot of things. (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, and I'm always, I'm always, uh, always open and looking for more things to do, which is how I keep getting on to really cool projects, I feel like. So I'm just, you know, if you're open, cool
0: things come to you there you go. like this and this conversation. So, well, let's get to our guests. So, uh, ladies, I will have you introduce yourselves, if you don't mind. And we'll start with our newest addition to this team.
4: Okay, Hi, my name is Maddie Christus. I have been with Maria and ASU 101 since June, but I've been at ASU for almost six years. I am the coordinator for ASU 101, and Maria is like the manager for ASU 101, so. Well,
0: as a coordinator, that's kind of a huge job, which we're going to get into. So we'll talk about numbers and
4: generally what kind of (laughs)
0: data. Ooh, data.
1: Math. Math, yeah.
0: (laughs) And Maria, please introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. My name is Maria Balderes. I oversee all things ASU 101 for Ed Plus. And like Mary said, yeah, it includes almost all of our first-year students coming into the online experience at ASU. So it's a really big and really fun job and one that I'm very grateful to have Maddie on as it kind of just helps us scale our goals a little bit better and make sure that we are supporting our online students just as much or sometimes even more than we have the opportunity to support immersion students.
0: Awesome. So what is ASU 101?
1: ASU 101 is a fantastic course. It is a one credit hour course that is called the ASU Experience. So the idea of the course is to really support our students with trying to make our campus smaller for online students. So, what that means is introducing students to different resources that will be helpful to them, maybe not so much in their first session, but throughout their entire time as a Sun Devil ASU. It is a required course for every first year student at Arizona State that kind of helps with our enrollment numbers. It's a really, really large class. But basically, what we're trying to do is welcome the student to ASU, encourage them to make connections at the university, and really work on their sense of belonging as a Sun Devil, no matter where they are in the world. Our content streams anywhere from finances to wellness. We talk a lot about bias and how to kind of develop their different identities that they have at the university and also ensure that they know how to meet new folks from different backgrounds and and engage in conversations that are really meaningful to them and their growth. We also cover lots of academic uh, content, so making sure that the student is aware of what their major looks like, aware of the different courses and different opportunities that exists for them within their program and at ASU in general, but it's a seven and a half week course. So we cover lots of material in a short amount of time, but we are really focused on just welcoming our students, making sure that they're as prepared and supported as possible during their first session and making sure that they kind of know the steps forward to continue their academic journeys at ASU. Awesome. So Maddie, when it comes to coordinating, what yes. does that
0: mean to be the coordinator for ASU 101? Like what is your, yeah. you know, general work look like?
4: Yeah. So Maria kind of handles the overall strategy and partnerships. And I think Maria and I are a really good team because we each have relationships with the different colleges that were pre-existing before we came into this role with ASU 101. So I think it's been really nice to leverage some of our on-campus immersion partnerships as we transition to really developing this program. I pretty much handle the day-to-day things. I'm in all of our courses every day, just checking to make sure our instructors are engaged. We also have section leaders who we can think of as TAs. So they really help facilitate discussions and relationships between the students. And I think that's one thing that Maria and I are really focused on in this course and moving forward is Really building relationships between students. That's something that we've gotten a lot of feedback on from our students when they've been connecting in Yellowdig and the different platforms such as Inscribe that we have, is really building community for them and helping them get engaged no matter where they are in the world. Basically, what I'm doing is checking to make sure everything is up to date, everything is working, all of our Canvas courses are running. We usually have, would you say like 12 to 16? a session. So we have quite a bit and then really working to make sure that all our instructors are trained and that students are having a good experience. So
0: That's huge. 12 to 16 classes a session is a lot of work.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think I really enjoy it. I love being in Canvas and I love connecting with the students on Yellowdig. I think that's one of my favorite parts is kind of seeing what's going on and where we can improve things moving forward too. I usually get a lot of good ideas from students who are posting or sharing their concerns and struggles. So it's been really helpful as we've been moving forward and. Revamping the content for future sessions. It's like crazy.
3: So I work with you mm-hmm. pretty regularly. We meet all the time, yeah. I feel like. Um, but I had no idea that you were like in the courses yeah. like regularly every day. Every day, yeah. Just checking it out. And then that's like because I knew you were helping us with some of the redesign stuff. Like yeah. you're working in Rise, you're doing yes. some of that stuff. So like you're doing oh, wow. you're yeah. doing ID work too. She is doing ID work. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, did they hire wow, somebody and Maddie, replace us? Awesome. Oh, no, 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 Liz. No. <laughs> no <I'm> <laughs>
4: absolutely <laughs> not. There's too
3: much work. Everybody There's has none. work. Yeah. So true, so true.
4: <laughs> things that I'm like, mm, I don't know how to do well, that. I'll be,
3: I'll be, I'll be your assistant. I can be your <laughs> IB assistant now. Cause I like have, you're doing, you are doing, you're in there. Like we were working on some stuff and you were in there already like making changes and doing things. So that's really cool. So you're, you're like, I don't know, in the trenches with the yeah. students and like really getting a sense of like how they're doing taking those temperature checks, which is so, from working in
4: student success, like that's so important. Yes. I think that's been my favorite part. I mean, there's anywhere from like 50 to the session, we have a class with 125 students per class. And it's really easy for instructors to miss things in yellow dig. So I go through there at least once a day. I'll, I get... All the notifications just to see what's going on. And if an instructor missed something, so I can forward it to them so they can follow up or connect with the student success coach. So, what's your
0: favorite part about Yellowdig since you're in it so often?
4: I honestly, I love that students can leave emojis and reactions. Right? That's yeah. my favorite part.
3: <laughs> I think like, I love Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I like the uh, social media yes. style of it. I think it, for whatever weird reason, it does make people want to engage more. I agree. I think it helps, like, the you know like in like in person classes you have the student who's like i'm gonna sit in the back and i'm gonna be quiet i'm not gonna raise my hand but i'm engaging i like that it allows like that student to be seen Mm -hmm. and like get credit for engaging yeah even if like they're not raising their hand and speaking out. So I do like that. I think it's very good for all types of learners.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think one of the best parts, too, is like when a student is sharing something. So we have a seven and a half week class. And usually in like week three and four, we've seen that students get really comfortable with each other and the community. And it's really nice when they share something personal or vulnerable or share that they normally don't participate or something like that, like Liz just said. and I. Love that. I love watching them build connections. And at the end of the session, when they like share their social media handles and emails, it's so sweet. So I really love that. And I really do love that it gives all students a chance to connect and It's not just going on social media and just typing something out to earn points. It's like they're really trying to build relationships.
3: But like so students are genuinely connecting in this course then and like they're genuinely like becoming friends because I've taken online courses where I'm like, okay, like, great. I'm going to like say my nice things in the discussion board so I can get my points and move on. But it sounds like that that's not the case here, that students are sincerely becoming friends and sincerely like going on to support each other. And that's nice too, because these courses are like organized by like college and like
4: program kind of sort of, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely by college. And we've kind of compared when we use discussions in Canvas versus Yellowdig. And the students who use Yellowdig are much more engaged and have just a better general experience. Because Canvas discussions is great, but you can't like things, you can't use hashtags, you can't tag people. So it's a little bit more limiting. And so we've really seen that Yellowdig is so helpful in building those connections and getting everybody involved.
2: Okay, so I heard Yellowdig, I'm a little familiar with what Yellowdig is, but can you guys unpack it a little bit and tell me a bit more about how courses use Yellowdig?
0: Yo, Yellowdig's used all over the university and it's used in not only the online but also the immersion courses. So, it's a really nice uh, communication platform that models social media. So, there's a like function, there's a bunch of emojis actually that you can use, you can post videos, you can post links to things, you can create side conversations around areas of passion. It's really meant to be an organic conversational space.
3: Yeah. I mean- I mean and like it's used in so many different and unique ways. Gosh, I can't even tell you all the different ways I've seen it used for mm-hmm. like the online sphere and knowing that it's also found its way to the immersion sphere, it's gotta be a thousand and one more ways used there.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. In the interview there was some discussion that, that you also the emojis thing, that's that's really interesting to me. I mean, are these students getting graded on their emojis or, or is you it their kind of participation? Points.
0: If someone reacts to your post, you hmm. only get the reaction points one time, but you can get reaction points. So if someone's like, hey, I liked that or a smiley face or whatever, you get however many points the instructor decided that's worth because it's completely configurable. And they actually released brand new points options. So if you're an old Yellowdig user, highly recommend starting a new community because you can't actually access these functions in the old community function. So start a new community and start to play with the different points and the different ways that your students can earn them.
3: Yeah, it's highly customizable, which is really cool and really fun and so important when you think about who the online student is and what their experiences are and what you might need for your specific course to like pull out of them. As somebody who was a wallflower in my in-person courses and I feel like I'm even more of a wallflower in my online courses. I just do not want to be perceived. (laughs) (laughs) Yellowdig is so cool because I can get points for interacting on my level. And it really meets me where I need to be met at as -hmm. a student until I can find the space to like find my voice and grow with my community that really gets built out in like really kind of low key ways, but very supportive for students. I think it's um, really good for like, just students who struggle, neurodiversity, we're all a little weird.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mentioned that you also use Inscribe, which I thought was interesting that you're using both Yellowdig and Inscribe. So, what is the strategy around each of the tools?
1: So, with each of the uh, sections being specific to the colleges, uh, each section has kind of their own preference of, of platform. And so I would say almost 99% of our sections are using Jig, just because that is what the instructors are comfortable with that's what the students are comfortable with but we in the asc 101 onl section so that's the general section that is managed by ed plus uh, so we teach that section every session and we support that section 100 and it's just the the folks that are in that class are the students that are in really really small majors so like mary lou fulton schools we have thunderbird, thunderbird yeah. global Global studies. yeah. yeah. So there's some smaller programs that don't quite yet have enrollment to justify their own ASU 101 sections. And so because those students are coming from different colleges, might not have a cohesive experience from ASU 101 that really gets them into their program, we use Inscribe in the ASU 101 ONL sections to be that bridge community from that student's first session and encouraging them to remain in contact with each other throughout their first year. So we've seen some more success with using Inscribe because a lot of the challenges that we had at first was that our ASU 101, ONL classes are very, they're smaller. So they're probably about 50 students a session. And so the expectation for an Inscribe community is that it's a little bit larger. So that way students are more apt to engage and and kind of like self-engage because there isn't a graded component for Inscribe. And so now that we're at about, I want to say like 600 students in our Inscribe community, it's a lot more self-running. Oh yeah. And so we're seeing that a lot of students are engaging and asking different questions and are really using that space in the way that we had intended it when we first piloted it. We just didn't have that opportunity to have such a a larger population to really see success there. So I'm really excited that we're starting to see that success. speaking to that success when we're working with some colleges who have issues with scaling their academic advising this could be a great way for academic advisors to have consistent communication with their students uh, throughout their their sessions that they're enrolled but more importantly for the sessions where students are not enrolled we know for online learners that their their enrollment process is just a little bit different, and they're, they're not as consecutively enrolled as we see that immersion students are, right? So they might be on for one session, take a session off, come back another session, or maybe come back in a different semester. Sure, life happens. Exactly, so by having Inscribe available to that student and having them active in that community, we can still message them and make them feel part of the ASU community even while they're not actively in courses. And so those are some of the different experiences that we're bringing to the academic units to really show them that Inscribe, while we have yellow dig in the courses and that works for that seven and a half weeks, if we're looking to keep students engaged and really help them kind of grow their sense of belonging during these different transitional periods in their academic journey, maybe that's where we can capture them in Inscribe and really use Inscribe to, again, help the student have a better experience and also support our academic staff in being available to their students and getting information out to them in a timely manner. That's
0: great. So you are using the resources mm-hmm. in Inscribe as well, because Inscribe has those two separate spaces like resources, but then there's like a conversational space exactly. and they're very intentionally defined.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So we do have some organization in the Inscribe community that shows like different getting started resources. So there we have things listed like our sales community and kind of what the accommodation plans look like for students. We have uh, different resources on who their academic advisor versus their success coach we have resources on what is there my ASU how does it function and maybe like you know how does that how does that differ from canvas so we have a lot of these preloaded resources that are available to students at any time we have a some that focus on financial aid and time management and then it also it gives the students the opportunity to ask certain questions about ASU and their experience and their courses through that kind of more conversational function so we really love to see students engaging with both of those kinds of of, uh, opportunities for resources and conversation. And now that the community is a little bit bigger, a lot of those resources are really taking off.
0: And it's interesting because a lot of faculty want to grade participation, which is a really good reason to use Yellowdig. But that because the community is becoming so organically connected through just the amount of people, that inscribed becoming maybe even a better resource mm-hmm. potentially. That's awesome. Do you guys have any certain channels that you've set up around like student belonging in Inscribe?
1: Not quite. Uh, so with Inscribe, we work really closely with the Inscribe team. Mm-hmm. And so we really follow their recommendations to try to grow our success with Inscribe and using it with our first year students. As of right now, I think our populations are still a little too small to really use the channel function. But hopefully when we reach closer to about a 1,000 students in the, in the community, we'll start to look at some groups specific to military experiences, full-time parents, um, and those experiences. And so we're really looking at building out channels for those different affinity groups to really help students support each other through the different obligations that they have while maintaining you know, their Sun Devil identity as well.
0: Yeah, ASU Online students are just a different kind of student than our immersion campus mm-hmm. students. So it's nice to see that that's being so thoughtfully- considered?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Something that I was going to mention is like, I think when I originally came in to start helping with ASU 101, I was transitioning from a success coach Mm -hmm. to instructional designer. So I was like back when we first met, and I know you weren't there yet, but like this course has seen like a huge overhaul and like transition. Like, I feel like when I first started that the ASU 101 kind of reflected more what you might see in like the on-campus version of like the orientation. Because I remember taking something very similar as like Freshman first year and it was like here's the library and here's how to get around campus and I feel like it used to be kind of more generic like that Mm -hmm. but like when when we were starting together to work together it had this huge transition i guess tell us a little bit about, about that transition tell us a little bit about like the need and the why
1: yeah so you know we know that all learners are not the same and everyone has different needs but definitely with online learners we're learning from them through yellow dig and through what they share in the course evaluations that they just really need support. And they really, you know, that one size fits all content doesn't really meet them where they are. So that's why we're working with the academic units to really flip the course and have it be a course that meets the students where they are, gives them an opportunity, no matter what their educational background is, right? So maybe some folks might've taken a class or two before, maybe they're not in their first session at ASU, maybe they missed the ASU 101 boat their first session. So, you know, how can we meet the learner where they are and provide different opportunities for them to get involved in their program? I think a lot of what the ASU 101 content used to look like was very cookie cutter and was very much like, you know, these are the five or six resources resources that every single freshman needs, while we still have a lot of that content in the course because it is, you know, very basic information that any college learner should have. We still have different opportunities for them to engage with their programs. So we're we're building in more program-specific content. Um, For example, for you know, engineering courses, a a first-year experience in engineering looks very different from a first-year experience in liberal arts. Yes, it does. So what can we do in that? ASC 101 that's geared towards engineering students to really help them be successful and kind of just understand what they're getting into and what the expectations of their programs are. So maybe in those ASC 101 sections we're highlighting more group work activities, we're highlighting some math resources that might be helpful to them in the math spine courses that they'll be taking if not at that same time as ASC 101 then really shortly after and really just allowing the student to kind of go through the content of ASU 101 and almost customize what they need from that course by allowing a little bit more flexibility in some of the assessments. So right now, Maddie and I are in a live redesign process with some of the colleges. And so that's where a lot of that that feedback when that very valuable understanding that Maddie has of where the students are is coming into play. That's really important to allow us to kind of look at the assessments and say, what's working for these students and what isn't? What's busy? work and what's actually showing them a meaningful skill set that they'll need as a, as a college learner and so one of like for an example one of those topics is time management so right now we have a very generic time management assessment that says you know imagine that your internet goes out you know the day of a a, a a project's due or a deadline for an assignment, you know, what? what's your go-to plan? And sometimes like students are kind of unrealistic with that. They're like, well, for me, you know, I will never, ever, ever uh, work on an assignment the day it's due. It'll be done <laughs> weeks in advance, right? That's like, not true, it's folks. Not ever. True. <laughs> we know that from data.
0: 1159 Sunday night, they're working at 1150.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, you know, instead of kind of giving the student this hypothetical situation, we're flipping that and saying, choose one thing you have to prepare for this session. Let's select that. And that's gonna look different for everybody. But what are some of the things that you can build into your schedule now to make sure you're prepared for that assessment by that due date? And so that's where we're kind of learning from what the student needs. We see that because a lot of our learners are in there in Canvas at 1159, and we see the notifications that they are, that that's not working. This really hypothetical and generic uh, assignment is not working to really prepare them with some of the different needs that they have. And so that's where one thing is like, you know we're learning from the learner actively in the course, and then how can we change that course in that very next session to kind of meet that need that we just learned about out in the last session so we also have the flexibility and and the time Maddie put so much time into our course to kind of take that temperature check and see how we can make the course better immediately for the next group of students coming in and I think that's a luxury that not a lot of courses have so that's something that we're really proud to be able to do and and definitely prioritize in our day-to-day tasks
2: InScribe, how's that different than a tool like Yellowdig?
0: It's not a gradable function. So Yellowdig, you get participation points. Mm -hmm. InScribe, there's no grading function. Mm. But in InScribe, you can actually create a community that lives beyond the classroom. And it creates like a resourcing center. Mm. So if someone shares something, you're like, that's great. As an instructor, you can turn it into a resource that's always available to all students. Same things with the conversations. If it's something that's like an ongoing question that everybody asks every session and one student happens to answer it, great. That can live forever in the community as an FAQ and there's like a smart function to their search engine that if you start typing it'll bring up all of the conversations that are related to the words you're typing in Mm. so that's a really nice function of inscribe how about you Liz yeah so um
3: I see like inscribe versus yellowdig as like Inscribe is more of that resource center, more of an more of an interactive like FAQ space where students will go there to ask questions mm. um, about their course or about something to find mm-hmm. community like driven answers that can then later be like endorsed by a faculty or somebody who's like helping manage the community. Uh-huh. Whereas to me, yellow dig is more of like a Facebook mm-hmm. where I found a really cool article that's related to our coursework and I wanted to share it or I mm-hmm. wanted to get a poll. So I, I, don't, so how to, I don't know how to it's differentiate that. a little more that. active yeah. a little more
2: ephemeral, you know, as whereas these, it sounds like inscribe is something that's like these things are becoming more uh, you know, a uh, solidified in like a, you know, the FAQ. It's like
3: a group resource, like a, a group built resource, whereas I feel like Yellowdig is like the fun place to like hang out and <laughs> chat about things, but yeah. you can chat about fun things in Inscribe. I just feel like it tends to skew more towards like academic support, academic resources and help where, and then Yellowdig is more like... Fun course-related things. It's center, yeah.
0: (laughs) Also, I think you could do both, right? Like, they don't in ASC 101. They choose one over the other. But I think you could, if you had an intentional strategy, use both of them.
3: Yeah, I would love to see a course that uses both and has, like, a very unique way of, like, addressing both. Um, Especially, like, I like it when courses will use Yellowdig as, like, an optional kind of extra credit space for students because Mm. of the way that like the buffering works and things like that or the point buffers work in yellow dig which is another cool feature
0: uh that i think is newer i don't know i think they might have removed it or it's definitely something's changed in the new point system i need to get in there and dig around too Yeah, let's have a dig around hangout workshop sometime guys write us if you want to be included
2: a yellow dig dig around
0: oh I dig around, I dig around, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> oh, you I get wait, around. right? Oh, that's can't copyright. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, it's parody, so we're good.
0: Oh, okay, fine, good.
3: Well, and you guys not even just like pull information from the students. I know from having worked with you guys, like even prior to being instructional, like doing instructional design, that you guys talk to advisors, success coaches, the faculty, the people who teach and run the courses, the the TAs. And you guys really changed this course to go from that very generic thing to even like kind of like removing the spooky veil of like financial aid Mm -hmm. and like who to contact like i remember being i was an on-campus student but i was like i'm terrified to go to financial aid if i just don't think about it i will it, it will never be a problem which is the worst mindset to have but i like that you guys Like, really, like, pull the veil off of, like, the spookiness and scariness of things like financial aid and, like, what do I do if there's a problem and who do I go to? And you really lay everything out. Like, I don't know. I think that that's cool. So I
1: hit things. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think that really speaks to our relationship with the academic units. We really try to make sure that we have folks that are instructors who understand the student experience and so a lot of instructors are academic advisors across the sections and a lot of instructors are just like hired out instructors so sometimes they might be someone who has never worked at asu before and so that's where we really work maddie and i work together to really get that person up to speed and just also make sure that they understand that we're the support for them throughout the entire session once our training is over at the beginning of the session we we don't say like okay see you next time right it's it's a constant conversation that we're having with new folks and even just continuing advisors to make sure that they feel supported and understand the course from beginning to end and all of the different concerns that come up in between. So yes, all of the concerns, we have tons of concerns that come up in between. So again, that really speaks to like the luxury that we have in in not only hosting this course and supporting the content, but also supporting all of the different people that are involved in the project to really ensure that not only, is a student experience, the best it can possibly be, but so is the instructor and the section leader experience as well.
3: Yeah. And the other thing I like too, is that you guys guide students through like the entire, they get like a snapshot of their entire academic student life from like, I, you guys don't really dive too much into admissions, but you start with like, here's how you start with financial aid and mm-hmm. here's where you go when you're stuck in your three. And, but you also go over like even like graduation stuff and like, yeah here's here's what the snapshot of your like life cycle as a student looks like why why include graduation stuff in like their first year course
1: yeah we want to get them excited about graduation we want to make sure that they understand that that's a a goal and something that they can achieve as well and so one thing when I'm an instructor is I start to post in my announcements. I think I have a, a banner in the announcements that I use when I, when I teach the course, it's just a ton of students with Sparky in their cap and gown, right? So just kind of, it's almost subliminal, but like just that reminder of this is what you're here to do and we will help you achieve this goal in any way that we can. And also, it's never too early to think about what you'll need in four years, what you'll need in six years, and how can we build that community around those needs? How can we build some resourcing around those needs and and get you connected to the folks that you need to contact in order to get all of those big, scary questions answered? And so, yeah, I think, you know, talking to our first year students, they, they also don't have that experience of being around campus, you know, around graduation. I know that the energy is different, right? You can feel it when you're walking around campus in May and December and you can see everyone, you know, taking their their grad photos and just ha- you know, walking their family around campus and giving their family that tour. Online students don't necessarily have that. So, I want to make sure that we build that excitement around that end goal as early as possible. And that's just also what we're trying to do in the course, right? We're trying to support them through that first session to ensure that they know how to get to graduation and all of the things in between. So, yeah, our our course is definitely designed to increase retention and graduation rates for all of our colleges and our academic units. And so that's just one way that we do it, right? We just try to get the students really rallied around that end goal and get them excited to to walk across the stage. Manifesting and mm-hmm. We're all about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say
0: it's very The Secret. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So with all of the people that you interact with, this is kind of unique, right? So as instructional designers, Liz and I interact with faculty. We interact with our media team. We might interact with students, you know, student evaluation data, absolutely. But we don't necessarily talk to people in admissions or people in the local units that do support work outside of the actual design of the courses, and your team uniquely does. Tell us a little bit about your team and what positions you in that space to host these conversations and create those connections?
4: Well, I think Maria and I, we both have pre-existing relationships with a lot of people across ASU. Maria more so with the academic units, and I have more relationships with some of the academic units, but also our student services. So I think it's been really helpful that going into these meetings, we know the people that we're talking to and we've known them for a few years. So I think it's just really nice that we can be candid with each other too and we can really talk about what can we do to make things better? What are students seeing? What is the experience like for your instructors and kind of going from there, but we do have really good relationships with Fulton, the college, New College, and CHS. Um, we're building other relationships as well. But I think it's been really helpful that we have so much institutional knowledge between the two of us as well as relationships with the academic units that it just makes it so much easier to kind of like get a temperature check on not only the students, but also how are our instructors doing? What can we do better? What kind of trainings can we provide? So
1: it also allows us to flip it too so when we are talking with our partners we could say you know how are students coming to your resources are they using your resources and so a lot of times some of our partners will say no online students have no idea that we exist so our job maddie and i then are going to say okay so how can we build that resource into the first year experience or just knowledge of of that resource. Is it you know, something that we post in Inscribe? Do we create an assessment around it in the course itself? So really just flipping it too and just seeing like how are our partners performing at the campus and, and how can we kind of build them up and market them to our students to ensure that, again, our partners are, are having meaningful conversations with the students that need them and the students that need them know how to find them as well. So we have monthly meetings with all of the academic units that we work with, as well as additional meetings as needed with our, our various partners. And so right now we're working with the provost office to create some content around sexual violence for online students. A lot of the content that exists is based in Arizona law and is more focused on like campus experiences, but we're working with them to create more general resources that are just as important and apply just as much to our online space as well. So that's just one recent example. but. But yeah, we're, we're really in the in the weeds with what's going on in campus and figuring out how we can leverage those relationships to build that experience for online students as well.
0: And you guys are so open to collaborate, right? Yes. So yeah. I support one of our high enrollment classes and it came out that student accessibility and inclusive learning services wasn't either known about soon enough or enough to – ask for services soon Mm -hmm. and to make it effective. And you guys were like all about it. You're like, yes, let's definitely create a project around making this a service that people know more about and dedicating time to it. So not to open the floodgates, but if you have an idea... Maria and Maddie are listening. We so are. reach out yes, to Yes, please
1: reach out to us. <laughs> we're so excited to collaborate. Maddie has such a great skill set where we're talking about how she builds content and RISE. which just has a great understanding of the online student experience. And so we're always happy to get together and just have a conversation. And if it's just a conversation that we leave and we just know that we have a better understanding of each other and how we can better support students, great. If it turns into a month-long project where we can actually get something in front of the student and make sure that they're better supported as as well we love that even more so yeah we're very flexible really happy to work with any partners to again just kind of you know enhance the online experience for all of us involved i was gonna say like speaking of like student services and student support it you've been
3: working so closely with some of these departments that do student support and they've really helped you kind of highlight them but i feel like from your experiences and being able to give them direct feedback from students that you've also influenced them and yep. how they work and how they do things. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Like, What are some examples of we from this course have made this change on this department and how they interact and support online students to like be better? The 360 Life Services, for example. I feel like that that was um, you guys guys with the success coaches working with student mental health support to like actually like we realized at some point that like online students weren't supported by ASU Health Services, especially when it came to something like mental health. But ASU 101 team plus the success coaches had like a huge hand in like changing that conversation and literally changing policies around how we support our online students. And I feel like I've seen trickles as you guys were mentioning of like things that are coming and will change in how financial aid works with their online students and how like registrar and admissions works with online students to be more flexible more supportive so i don't know i just think that's so cool that you guys are like changing asu like one department at a time to be more
1: supportive (laughs) of our like a growing population of students that that needs us yeah yeah we definitely have that goal in mind when we build partnerships i think a lot of what we try to do too is say going to different units like admissions uh, we work really closely with the folks who do like orientation for immersion students and we look at those platforms and we say okay so like how can we make that accessible to online students or what is the timeline there right because a lot of times we're working in different budgets with different products and so it is a little bit of a slower process but those partnerships are being built and i think that's the work that maddie and i do on the day 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 that's just invaluable to the first year experience for our, our just all, all students, immersion
0: and online. And no, you're not alone because we, as instructional designers, often have conversations of no, exactly how your in person immersion <laughs> class works will not work for your online students. We need to actually reconfigure a good portion of the class. Exactly. But then what happens is we reconfigure it, they put in the work, and they realize that what we're doing now for the online class is actually going to work great for the immersion class mm-hmm. too. And then they start changing the immersion experience based on the online experience. And it improves the entire experience for all. So it's, it's great to see your impact. Yeah, your team's impact across the university.
1: Yeah, we've definitely seen a little bit of that in the college. They've taken some of the learning outcomes that we've learned or we've worked on and really perfected in the online course and taken that to their immersion sections. And so, yeah, a lot of the work that we do, we try to kind of market ourselves as cross-modality. We're definitely a cross-modality team. So uh, we try to take, you know, what works best for for students and and really see if it can be applied and shared with our immersion students too we don't own anything we're always happy to share right so if it's something that is a module or if it's a content or if it's a video that we create we're happy to just get it anywhere in front of a student that is going to make that impact and just help them understand their online experience and and again help them be sun devils wherever they are
0: Okay, so I feel the need to expand upon what sales is because sales is like the acronym ASU is known for our acronyms, like everybody got one. Um, but sales stands for Student Accessibility and Inclusive Learning Services, which is a department that functions um, as the Disability Resource Center at Arizona State University. So I just wanted to highlight that's what that is because we might have people who don't know. I yes, formerly the DRC. Yes, formerly known as the DRC. See acronyms. I feel like we have to like
3: bring up all the things that it used to be known as. <laughs> a, formerly known as uh, DRC. Formerly known as.
2: <laughs> so sales, uh, it's a it's a an entity that students can reach out to and ask for specific uh, services that you know meet their needs.
0: Yeah, accommodations for learning typically around, uh, and actually, it is around a defined disability. You have to be. Um, Defined as disabled in some way, some capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't really know exactly how that works. So definitely reach out to Student Accessibility and Inclusive Learning Services if you'd like more information.
3: I will say if you're a campus based student and you broke your leg, they're also where you can get the cool carts
0: from. And they have the best phone number at ASU. (laughs) It can be a temporary disability, it can be a permanent disability. So anything, you should reach out and find out if the services are available to you. Well, this has helped me understand ASU 101 a lot better, and it would be nice to be able to create like an opportunity for people to communicate with you. So we have a show notes section of our Teach Online page, and I'd love to include whatever email you want to. Sure. Yeah, of course. course. Or if you have any other materials you'd like to share in reference to what you know, general people visiting the page could see.
1: Absolutely. Would love to. Would love to share that.
0: And Liz? One last question around instructional design. Yeah. And maybe Maddie too, because it sounds like oh. you're like an infiltrator of instructional design now. <laughs> I'm just her,
3: I'm just her assistant now. Perfect.
0: Um, I'm going to reach for like your assistant list. <laughs> Maddie, let her know what kind of coffee you want. <laughs>
1: I'll come
0: get it. Um, but okay, so there's all these changes that have to have, uh, have to take place in all these sections. Do you guys use blueprinting?
1: no we don't can we
0: i don't know
3: yeah if you want to
1: because the changes that that (laughs) happen across the sections are wild we love when you know a, a campus resource rebrands it's usually because it's needed right but it also creates so much work for us <laughs> so,
3: yeah. I, I have been on board of like I, blueprints because I use blueprints with a with another big course a uh, English 101 Um, it has been a life changer and like a lifesaver when it's like oh my gosh some random link on some random page that we didn't think that students were going to touch. Well, one person found it. They clicked it because a student always finds that thing. We're like, well, no one's going to look at this. Mm -hmm. They they will. They They will. They find it. They find it. They They find find the problem. And then it's like, there's 53 sections this session. So I have to open all 53 and individually change 53 links. And then you get lost in your spreadsheet. So, But yes, Blueprints are a lifesaver in that regard. So we can totally move in that direction and just have like one parent copy.
4: That would be so nice. Push
3: everything out. I think it'll work way better for you guys versus like the ASU online orientation, the ASU ten eleven forty twos, like those ones because they're like weekly is way harder to manage. Yes. But hearts and minds blueprints are
0: blueprints are the best. I'm sorry, yeah. did you just talk about a whole different course? That's I did. What was that? You just threw a bunch of numbers around. <laughs>
3: so this is something that we kind of sort of work on together yep. too.
0: Is the ASU?
3: It's a different kind of orientation. It's kind of the ASU one hundred one, but condensed into a one-week format, and it's not college-specific. Oh. So if you are a brand new student, this is your first session, it's usually taken and offered before you even enroll in or start your very first class. Oh. So it's like a baby version, the ASU experience. And where it does differ is rather than being college-specific, we have core, which is ASU 11. So it's just like your regular regular student we have ASU was 10 and 12 for Starbucks students. So we we will get at it by like um, special program or like what brought you here so that we have information about like here's information that you need to know before you get started about your Starbucks scholarship so that you can keep it and stay enrolled and meet your goals. We have one for Uber. We have one for... Military. Military. Nike. Mm-hmm. Air, I think we have one for the Air now. All right, Force now we're now. just
0: name-dropping. <laughs> yeah. Come wow. to ASU. We support everybody.
3: We, we do.
1: really do. We
3: do. <laughs> I, I swear, we I think do. we keep, even have a partnership with, like, the... Phoenix, Mercury, WNBA, like we have some Rad, really I know weird that. secret hidden partnerships. You have to know the secret handshake to like yeah. I would really like to in. learn the
0: secret handshake. I will keep your secrets. Okay. Mary is a great keeper.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are very those are those are very similar, but like kind of different.
1: Yeah. So the the ASU <laughs> 10, 11, 42 are for transfer students. So if you have 12 oh, or more credits. Oh, okay. Uh, you'll take the condensed non-credit-bearing version of the orientation. So a lot of that content is very similar to ASU 101, but we uh, we go in a, in a more in-depth way uh, through the content for our first-year students who have a limited college experience.
0: That's awesome. I was kind of wondering what happened to our transfer students. It's nice to know everybody's all and cared for. Yes.
1: Well, we also, Maddie and I, our, kind of our three-year plan is to create a transfer success course that is credit-bearing. Within the colleges as well, so a lot of our colleges have larger populations of transfer students than they do first-year students. So we again want to kind of give them that opportunity and, and lend our expertise of the student experience and and course building and content creation around supporting transfer students as well. That's a little bit of a longer process because it's difficult to create a required course in ChangeMaker and in all of these different you know in, in the major map, and so that's a little bit of a a longer road but we have a lot of support with our academic units and creating a very similar experience for transfer students and we'll assist with that when when folks are ready
0: and that'll be a really cool thing to drop them into the inscribe community when there's channels for belonging because it's like an instant way to connect to your people or find who your people could be Mm -hmm. what a neat thing I'm so excited for the future of ASU 101. We are, too. too.
1: We're in the, like we said, we're in the middle of a redesign. So I'm really excited to see how students respond to the, the new content and the new flow of the course. I'm really excited to see how our academic units engage with the content and what kind of content they come up with that's specific to their majors. We love when faculty are enthusiastic about creating content for their first year students. And we have a lot of folks coming into the role that are just so excited to welcome students and really bring them into the major and fold them into those opportunities as early as possible. I want to go back to one thing that you had mentioned, Liz. You, you said, why do we talk about graduation and ASU 101? One thing that I tell my students all the time is that this course serves as a resource to them even after the session is over. So while a lot of the resources might not apply to them in that first seven and a half weeks of their of their online experience, they can always come back to the course to go through those resources when it is applicable to them, and that way they already have like an insider kind of understanding of that problem or that concern as it comes up versus, you know, this is the first time they're thinking about something like applying for graduation or applying to get a transfer course evaluated for credit at ASU, right? They can kind of click back to their their canvas and go through those resources as well.
3: Yeah, you guys have created a really cool repository of different kinds of resources. Do you find that students like will go back to it frequently? or like re-engage with it like after a session has ended like I don't know do you have that data those numbers that math
1: <laughs> we don't have the time to go back and evaluate courses once they're completed but that is one thing that we can look at um, that would be kind of that exciting would be good to data do. to get
4: actually yeah, yeah.
1: so uh, we appreciate the idea yeah thank you and we will them. report
4: back <laughs> yeah I'm actually like I can do that
3: yeah we can that do that time. very easily yeah. I'm going to give you a not now now you're no, will switch I guess yeah <laughs> we'll just we'll just switch back and forth between who's yeah. who's assistant.
1: But that data is really helpful too to maybe we have some academic partners that aren't super excited or might not see a priority in making changes to courses and so that is really helpful if we can show hey students are really using this beyond their session that is just more you know encouragement to ensure that that, that course is really well built and really worth that student's time to go through that first session. So yeah, no, any any data we can get involved and kind of use as an engagement tool for our our academic units is so helpful. And that's a really great one. So thank you. Yeah. I'm excited.
3: Well I'm I'm really excited, assuming that I'm gonna be pulled into the new the transfer student version of this. I'm really excited because um I mean obviously within our online students, like the population just in general is so different. But then when you're looking at like an incoming freshman for an online course versus a transfer student like looking at transfer students alone you're looking at a whole different ballpark football field of different types of people and like why they're here what they're coming for what is their motivation so I like the challenge of how do you create a course that's going to meet such a like diverse audience where they're at yeah and I'm excited to see what comes from that.
1: Yeah. Well, we definitely still need your expertise, Liz. Yeah. So <laughs> this is not the end of our road. I like to be included. <laughs> yes, please. Um, but yeah, no, Maddie, like I said, Maddie's really great and brought so much different skills, so many different skills to ASU 101. So we're just flourishing right now and really thankful for our continued partnership with Liz and IDNM. And so that's not going anywhere. We'll definitely keep everyone updated with our course and how it grows. And if we have any cool student feedback, we always share that out too. So we'll definitely um, keep everyone in the loop because all of our hard work goes into this course. And so we appreciate all of our partners and everyone. I was going to say, so big question.
3: I am say a college head, somebody out there sure. listening to this podcast right now, and we don't have an ASU 101, but we want like a very specific
1: ASU 101 for us. How does somebody get that? Start small. Definitely start small. But, you know, look at the maybe top three things that students need to know for their first session and how to be successful and, and build some content around that. Starting, you know, where you need to if, if there's a lot of questions that are coming to advisors about change of major or, you know, what are some of the trends that some of your academic support staff sees and, and what are the resources that we can build around that? That's definitely where I would recommend to start. And then anything outside of that that is just beneficial to the student to understand and know, like, in internships, virtual internships, you know, all of those different things that might impact a student's journey at ESU or at their institution is always helpful. But I would just say, where are the pain points for your student in their in their academic success in that early, those early first few weeks? And what can you build around that to really support them through those those issues?
0: Great advice. And we'll have you back in a couple of seasons once that transfer student course is ready
3: Yeah, and gather
0: all the recon on, on the redesign for ASU 101.
3: Yeah, for our we'll first be so season. excited yes. to share. So I was going to say one other question about how we get our own ASU 101. Should they contact you? Is there somebody at Plus that if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm I'm on board. Count me in. Should they email you? Do they need to email Yeah, yeah. So they can fancy? email
1: Maria Balderas. So Maria.balderas at azu.edu is definitely a great place to start. But we also, so EdPlus Plus uh, online programs have so much support through Ed Plus, And so we'll also want to get our portfolio management team involved as well because they go through that, you know, that specific course uh, approval process. So I'm definitely a great place to start and we'll get you connected through all the folks that need to get approval for a new course to launch but we're always looking for opportunities for new ASU101s and we just launched two new yes. ones this yeah, fall. We did. Mm-hmm. Two new two new colleges came to us this fall so we got two new sections launched. So it's not hard. I just assumed everybody had one they don't. No, they don't. No. Oh.
3: You better gotta gotta jump on now while it's hot. Before yeah. it's, it's sold out hot. exactly.
1: Yeah. It's gonna sell out. No, we just onboarded <laughs> Cronkite, and we just onboarded mechanical engineering. Oh wow! Oh, and, and biomedical, biomedical engineering. Yes. So we actually so have three three new courses this fall. I learn
0: new things every day. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so more are coming. So, yep, if anyone wants to, you know, jump on their ASU 101 and get one specifically for them, just contact Maria, and then we'll move forward from there. But it's a fairly easy process to get started.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing your experience, your expertise, your passion. We so appreciate the work that you do.
1: Thank you so much for having us.
2: Okay, that was a really... Really good interview. Oh my gosh, I, it was. It ended up opening up so much more than I, I thought it would, including the transfer student aspect of it. I was not expecting that. I, I was a transfer student here at ASU, and I I didn't feel like on ground. You know, I kind of just winged it. You know, so that's really great that our online students who are, who are transfer students are able to uh, have this experience.
0: Yeah, same thing. When I transferred to ASU, it was like, well, I don't know anybody. I'm going to go to my required classes, and then see ya. Graduated. I'm out. I had mm-hmm. no real <laughs> community. Necessarily, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that something that
3: I keep in mind is that if you found it hard as an immersion, like on-campus student, Mm -hmm. it is like fifty times harder if you were an online student. So all the challenges and struggles, and like I guess like isolation and kind of like loneliness you feel as like a transfer student, where you're like, oh, everyone's already got their like pre-established clicks. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to fit in. It's very mean girls, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where to fit in. It's way harder. When you're coming from an online student perspective, mm-hmm. so I think it's really cool that we're going that route, and I'm excited to see what that looks like. And then we'll have like a round two with them later. I hope. Yeah. And I'd
0: love to hear like how blueprinting goes. Sorry to add more work, uh, just because you are a subject matter not uh, subject matter expert. Hard words are hard.
2: SME, another Done. acronym. There
3: you go. I know. I honestly, I don't know how I became the blueprint SME. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, in this moment, I think. Oh, okay.
2: It's like, <laughs> in this episode. Now you
0: are. You know,
3: but you know what? Wait people for the do. Emails. People do call me, and they're like, "How does this work? What does this do? Tell me, tell me." And um, so maybe I am, and I'm like, "When did this happen?" You're
2: you just the oracle. Keep
3: getting on projects. Got to be open. Back to manifesting. You got to be open. You got to manifest. You got to welcome in new projects. You got to vision people. your future. Yeah. Yeah
2: well we want to vision our future with you listener we're we're coming to the end of this season and we got a couple more things uh in store for you but uh Keep, uh, make sure that you're still subscribed and, and, and checked in with us. Alright, so uh, Maria gave us some contact information. Uh, if anybody wants to contact us, how do they contact us?
0: Course stories at ASU.edu. We're looking to hear your ideas for season 7 or 8 now? How far ahead are you now, Liz? Oh, I'm on like <laughs> season 55. Oh. <laughs> I'm
3: thinking, like, you're in
0: 2023,
2: I'm in
3: 3023. Okay, but if you're awesome, we're
0: bumping, potentially who knows who's on Liz's list.
2: Mm. So reach out. Yeah.
3: Yeah. If you want to be on season five, which will be next season, contact us. Let us know. We'll make room. Yeah, we'll find a way.
2: Bye. Course Stories is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach us at coursestories at asu.edu. Course Stories is produced by the Instructional Design and New Media team at EdPlus at Arizona State University. If you're an instructor at ASU Online, tell us your course story and we may feature it in a future episode. Thanks for listening.
0: i hope you got that on tape on digital recording what do you say these days it's not tape because it's not tape but what do you say like did you capture that in digital format (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) flow as nicely it does not flow on df use the verb record oh did you record that okay Mm. i guess that's that's also i don't like this much
2: did you guys do that on the record
1: oh
0: okay i like that did you get it on the record like that It makes you sound very um like
3: transatlantic. Did you get that on the record? Yeah, (laughs) you know, like it like I like instead of like on the record because we we say, did you get that on the record? Transatlantic accents
1: (laughs) for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. next year accents
2: for Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs)